little angels welcome back to angels anonymous the podcast i'm your host vanessa angels anonymous is a health and spirituality podcast hosted by myself i am 25 years old used to be a professional dancer now i'm a yoga instructor and integrative health coach in recovery on this podcast i share vulnerably about my struggles with addiction to pretty much anything and everything including body image food relationships comparison substances and so much more. Through an open-minded perspective, I explain how you can overcome your struggles and finally feel like you're enough. Welcome back to another week of the pod. I have a guest on today. Thank God I really needed some inspiration. I felt like I was getting stale just talking by myself in my room every week. I think initially when I started the podcast, I had so many big topics that I felt like I've never talked publicly about. And then as I've gotten more things out, I feel like, okay, now what do I talk about without repeating myself all the time? So I'm really grateful that Elena came on the podcast. She has so much wisdom and um, knowledge to share through her own experience. She is a self-love and healing coach, and she's also a manager at Alchemy. So she's kind of doing this double-time career following her passion type of lifestyle, similar to me. We're both life slash health slash embodiment coaches, I guess you could say. And she really helps women learn how to love and accept themselves unconditionally. And she calls herself your healing hype girl. You can book a one-on-one session with her um, link in her bio. Her Instagram is at Elevate by Elena. But yeah, we talk about all things self-love, healing, attachment style, relationship struggles, um, what it's like to feel like you're reverting back into an old habit and how you can give yourself grace and know that healing is cyclical. Healing is not linear and how to deal with the shame when um, we start to revert back to those old habits or patterns. So this conversation is super juicy. Can't wait for you to listen. Okay, here we go. Kidding. I forgot we need to ground and do an angel number. Okay, let's ground. Get still. Take a breath in through your nose. Open mouth, exhale. Two more just like that. Breathe in. Open mouth, exhale, let it all out, all the way to the bottom. Deep breath in, let your low belly push out. Open mouth, exhale. Great. Okay, angel number for the week, selected by the mans. (laughs) I didn't know what angel number to do, so I asked him, and he said 222, but I'm pretty sure. I've already done that. So I thought he said 232. That's what we're going with. Angel number 232 is a message to stay focused on your aspirations, goals, and expectations and stay centered in your faith and trust. You are working in alignment with the energies of the ascended masters. Ascended masters are basically like the leaders of all different religions or like, I don't know, like the Buddhas and the Jesuses of the world kind of a thing or Mother Mary or whoever you want to believe. Um, you can Google that if you don't really know what Ascended Masters are. But yeah, basically your guides and angels, and they're currently helping and guiding you through your next life steps and actions. Maintain a diplomatic, harmonious, and caring attitude towards others, 
and you will find that all you need will fall into place for you in divine right time. Beautiful. Okay, now let's get into it. Hi, babe. Hello. <laughs> so excited to be here. Me too. Um, I introed in the intro, like how we met and all that stuff, so we don't have to do that. Okay. okay. So Elena is all things self-love and I'm so excited to talk to her today because she has so much to offer, like through a relatable and authentic way. And her Instagram is like just one way that she has to offer like her wisdom to the world. But like, if you've gotten to meet her in person, she radiates that same light. Um, the way that she creates content and like informs people of I feel like you break down the word self-love into so much more than like this taboo self or face mask, like bubble bath, whatever. So, um, I just want to say thank you for all that you do and all that you create. I know you invest your heart and soul into like sharing this to people and it, it really comes across like both just knowing you as a friend and following you. My gosh, if I ever need like a pick me up or like validation, I'm going to come to you because that literally just like made my heart smile. You're so kind Um, and so passionate about what I do. And I'm glad that like people can feel that energy behind it because this is like what like lights me up, honestly, every single day. So that's why Mm -hmm. I do it. Absolutely. I think what we have in common is that we've turned our pain into our purpose And the things that light us up the most come from the things that we've like learned the deepest lesson. Um, So tell me more about like how you stumbled upon this self-love journey, what it looked like at the beginning and how it's evolved. Yeah. So I like the phrase, like using my mess as a message. Mm. That's kind of what you were saying. Like we've used our pain as like our purpose, kind of same concept. And I've kind of went through a lot of different avenues on what I wanted to, you know, use my, what my career was going to be. And I started out, like, I knew I definitely wanted to work with people one-on-one and wanted to help people in some sort of way. So I like, was like, maybe I'll do counseling psychology and go to grad school for that and be a therapist. And then something was just kind of like pulling me away from that. So I was like, okay what else can I do to help people and work with people in that one-on-one capacity? So I figured out that you could be a coach. And this was like, I don't know, probably like six or seven years ago that I was like, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Um, So I ended up getting certified as a health and life coach. And I became a health coach for a couple of clients and it went well. I really liked like working with people in that way. Um, But I didn't feel like I could fully authentically and like empathetically relate with people that were trying to lose weight and had eating disorders. And I know you've talked about these kinds of things on your podcast, but I'm just the type of person where it's like, if I want, I'm working with someone one-on-one and I probably feel the same way. You want to like be able to fully connect with what they're going through and like empathize with them in that way, because then I feel like you can help them even more if you can really mm-hmm. come from a deep place of understanding. So I was like, okay, well, what can I do instead with my coaching? And all these people have all these different niches on Instagram of like coaching and that this has kind of just been like this booming industry the past couple of years, especially with COVID. 
and like everything being online, like everyone's, a lot of people, I should say, are moving into these like online avenues of coaching and different services offered online. So I was like, okay, well, what can my niche be? And the things that I have struggled with personally are like relationships. I've been in some toxic, abusive relationships in the past, and I've really dealt with a lot of codependency and like self-worth issues and learning to like build myself up and trust myself has been a freaking journey to say mm-hmm. the least. Um, so I'm like, well, why don't I do self-love coaching? Cause that is like mm-hmm. super authentic to me and like the struggles that I've been through. And I know there's a ton of other people out there that need to realize that they're worthy and deserving and have someone in their corner that can help like guide them along in their own healing journey. So mm-hmm. that's why I do what I do. I love it. What did the process of being able to acknowledge that you struggled with codependency and that you had these cyclical relationships? I always say like same guy, different name or different body, same tendencies. What did it look like to actually be honest with yourself? Like, how did you do that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I started going to therapy and that like really Mm -hmm. brought all of this to the surface because Mm -hmm. to be completely honest, I was like super unaware of a lot of the things that I had habits around and the way I felt about myself. Like I didn't even know, like I thought I was a pretty happy person before I went to therapy and like thought really highly of myself until my therapist started asking me really hard questions about like, okay, do you love yourself? Do you Mm -hmm. like take care of yourself? And like, I didn't feel like I liked myself, which is really sad to say, but like, it was true deep down. I had like really low self-worth and self-respect and didn't honor myself in any way. Didn't set boundaries Mm -hmm. in my relationships, which, you know, attracted, or I ended up attracting people that were an energetic match for me at the time. So people that I didn't have to show up like with my emotions and could be a little bit more submissive and it ended up and like could you know really use like my codependent tendencies Mm -hmm. like you always match up with like people that you know people say like narcissists and codependent people and empaths really attract each other because they bring out the things that you already feel about yourself Mm -hmm. um, and they validate those things that you already feel about yourself so those are the kinds of people that I was attracting Mm -hmm. and um I kind of got lost away from what the question was, but basically I started attracting the same kind of person. So people Mm -hmm. that, um, I didn't have to set boundaries with, and that brought out these like codependent, you know, tendencies in me. Like I felt like I lost myself in Mm -hmm. every single relationship that I was in. And I didn't even know who I was and what I wanted and what I needed until I started going to therapy and doing the work and getting quiet with myself and realizing that I was worthy mm-hmm. everyone can tell you that you're worthy and you can intellectualize that thought of like, okay, yeah, I'm worthy. But if you don't actually feel it and don't fully believe it to your core, it doesn't do anything for you. So true. And, and I feel like not everyone has this inner awareness or even the ability to like bring that out. I feel like empaths are the ones that are doing the work that we're doing like and 
and it's not like you're an empath. You're not like, I think everything for me is a spectrum. And so when I look at, like, I was definitely in the narcissist empath, like my core wounding of that first intense relationship and heartbreak was that, um, very manipulative, very controlling, but the way that I've gotten out of like the victim mindset of like, he did this to me. And like, literally I would picture him as this like evil demon, basically like just so heartless. And I would tell myself like, I've had narcissistic tendencies too. It's not black and white of like, I'm the empath. I'm the like, um, the prey and he's the predator. It's like this dynamic that takes two of us to tango and it is 50, 50. I think it's easier to pin these like negative qualities or harmful qualities in a relationship on the narcissist because they are more like, obvious and aggressive but like the way that we people please and like um they talk about the fight or flight responses when we fawn or like um try to just be dismissive like you were saying that's just as harmful to ourselves in a in a more perfectly packaged way like it comes off better but it's like actually just as selfish and harmful um So I think that's one thing that I just wanted to like acknowledge because it's like one, yes, we are a victim to these things, but also like, what are you going to do with that? At what point are you going to rewrite your narrative and change your story? And I think doing the work and actually being willing to look at yourself is how we do that. And I think that's why us as empaths end up sharing the message versus I feel like the more narcissistic role in those dynamics, that person ends up carrying that shit for the rest of their life. And I've heard that therapy doesn't work for narcissists. It doesn't. (laughs) I'm like almost. It's scary. (laughs) It's really scary because it's, it's, I actually learned this thing, which is really insane, but like codependency and narcissism like really stems like from your childhood mm-hmm. and it stems from the same core wound of like low self-worth and like not feeling deserving and worthy enough so it's like you can either go one way and be like codependent or you in an empath or you can go the other way and be a narcissist so I'm like almost grateful that I'm like okay well at least I was dealt the codependent card because I can work through this and like break these habits And the narcissist route is like, you're basically like tied to that for the rest of your life, which is really unfortunate and sad Mm -hmm. uh, for the people that do have to struggle with that and are very unaware of it because that also is a thing with narcissism. You don't really realize that you are a narcissist, Mm -hmm. whereas independent people can figure that out and can work through it. So I'm like, it's kind of a weird way to think about it, but I am grateful that I at least got that hand dealt to me and I can better myself because yes yeah I want to break down for people who this language is new to Mm -hmm. um first of all codependency I literally just googled it it says like the first google definition it's an excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner typically one who requires support on an account of an illness or addiction so it's like a tie we ca- I call it a trauma bond a lot of times too, um, that 
almost puts a spell on us and on our emotions and our nervous system. We're, and we're trapped in that thing and mm-hmm. in that relationship. And when people ask, why is she not leaving? That's, that's true for what I'm witnessing right now with my loved ones, like friends, family. Why is she not leaving? And I can be the person that's like, I've been there. I know why she's not leaving because it's literally like this imbalance in relation in a relationship where one person you enable each other. It's like this self-destructive behavior and you're both addicted to each other through poor mental health, through emotional immaturity, through irresponsibility, or just like feeling underachieved or like you don't have enough purpose. You find your purpose in each other. And like you said, I lost all of my dreams. I quite literally put my life, like I was completely meshed together with my ex's life. So that's what codependency is. Do you have anything else to add to that or like any definitions or things that have stuck out to you over the course of what you've learned? Yeah. Um, I think something I mentioned already, but like to reiterate, like the thing that really sticks with me when I know I'm like coming back into like my codependency is when I start a relationship or I'm in a relationship and I feel like I'm totally just like losing all the things that I know to my core that I care about and that are important to me. Like, even if it's just like little hobbies or like little self-care things, if I start putting those on the back burner, I'm getting into codependency again. And I'm just like letting myself go. And I'm putting all of my, I get so fixated on the other person and like what they need from me and like what they care about. And like, who I should be showing up as for them that like is going to make them love me more and like validate me it's you just get so fixated and like there's nothing else like you have blinders on to everything else in your life Mm -hmm. and um that's what codependency feels like to me at least personally and I also just like lose my boundaries like I have zero boundaries um and I don't put up like I don't honor myself Mm -hmm. in relationships when I'm you know, tapping into these codependent habits again. So that's what it feels like personally, if I had to speak from experience. That was so helpful to hear. Like the fact that you're like, this is what it feels like to me. This is what it looks like. I feel like so many women are going to listen to this and be like, fucking I'm in that, or I've been there. And one thing that you made me think of when you were talking is when you said, when I get back into my codependent tendencies and what this signifies to me is that we never fully heal through our codependent tendencies. We can do that deep dive of work in therapy. And I feel like we've both done that. And after that huge deep dive and unraveling, I feel like eventually I got to a phase of maintenance. It doesn't have to be this heavy, intense, hard work, like digging up childhood trauma for the rest of my life. I think there is something to be said about that initial deep dive where I had to look at my mother and my father wound and all that stuff. But then it's like, if you stay with the journey, if you stay in therapy or some sort of support coaching, like that's why we're both coaches because a lot of people don't aren't served by the professional environment of therapy. They want it to be more conversational. It's like everything that you want to talk about with a best friend, but those conversations just 
best friends don't know how to support that space. So it's like, I feel like we've found a way in how we serve to create this role of like therapist slash best friend slash health coach slash fitness because relationships and like love is all tied to how we treat ourselves the habits that we have morning routine all the stuff that we talk about um going going back to like falling into the codependent tendencies and the deep dive in therapy I wanted to acknowledge that because it does come back around and we've both expressed frustration to each other about when another fucking cycle or another lesson comes around and we feel ashamed. We feel disappointed. We feel let down and just like my light gets really dim when something like that happens because I'm like, I've done so much work what the fuck? Like, why am I attracting this? Shouldn't I, if I'm creating a whole Instagram account and like business out of this, shouldn't I be the one that like finally attracted the conscious, healthy relationship? So how have you dealt with that? Um, continuing to experience hard lessons, even after you've started to like share and talk about the stuff that you do? Yeah. It's true. I mean, we've talked about it. It comes up still. And I think the place that I notice it coming up the most, which you've been mentioning a lot lately, like in your own podcasts and things, is when you're in a relationship again. Like you can do all this self-work alone and single and feel super good and grounded and like what you're about. But once you start introducing another person back into your life, it just brings all of this like unhealed thing like trauma stuff and codependent habits and it brings everything back up to the surface and then that's like the point in time where it's like you have the awareness around it now so it's like how can I not feed into this codependency and behave in a better healthier way instead Mm -hmm. of wanting to like lash out and I'm missing like the term for codependency there's like a term oh protest behavior So not lashing out and feeding into like the protest behavior behind codependency and being like an anxious attachment style, for example, like protest Mm -hmm. behavior would be like, well, I'm just going to like give them the silent treatment or I'm not going to answer them for four hours because they didn't answer me for two hours. And it's like that whole like, those are are unhealthy habits. Like, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself because Uh you're just putting out that energy and you're going to get that back in return. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm really answering your question, but like it's, it all bubbles back up to the surface. Once you start being in a relationship or start, you know, talking to someone new and noticing the way like you act around them and like how they like trigger you and like the things that they say and the things that they do and just having that awareness and like, how can I behave in a better way than I have in the past Mm -hmm. way that's going to you know not make me feel guilty and not something that validates your worth and like your your boundaries and all Mm -hmm. that so Mm -hmm. it's always a work in progress like that's just how it is but if you can like at least like get better and better that each time that you have an interaction with someone new or have a new relationship you just can acknowledge that it's going to help you down the long run, but it is going to always be a challenge. I will say, I think just having those codependent tendencies within you. For sure. 
Yeah. The awareness, what you said is the key. I, my biggest passion of what I want people to take away, no matter what we ever talk about is when you're aware of something or when you bring the darkness into the light, let the shame out of the closet, that's when you can actually do something different. And you might not do it every time. That's, I think, where that shame spiral comes into play is when we know better, but we don't necessarily do better. Or you know what this guy is bringing out of you, but he's hot and he has this and we get wrapped into what we're like obsessed with or there's this lustful energy and our intuitions like going off telling us this probably isn't the person or the time for us, but we're just going to figure out the lesson the hard way anyways. And that's okay too. And no matter who I'm with, I think that my codependent tendencies will come out at some point. But what I've learned with the last guy that I dated versus the guy that I'm seeing now, I don't know if it was because I was at a different place in my life and I had more like deep dive work to do in that phase. But I was so obsessed and hyper fixated on the last guy. Like, it was the same gamey shit of like, why well, I can't text him back. Don't know if he wants to hang out with me. It was just all so unspoken. Yeah, I had no idea that. what his intentions were. And I was, I refused to be aware of, of how wrapped up in it I was until my therapist said, we have been talking about him in literally every session, almost spending all of our session talking about him basically you need to friend zone him. And I was unwilling. And then the last date we went on, I felt this like energy shift and I was sick of feeling desperate and grovelly. And then in order to protect myself, I ended it before he could ghost me. And that's growth because I always used to get fucking ghosted. So even even that is like steps, but I love what you said about um, who we are, who we are is what we attract. That was the essence of what you said. That is the core of what motivates me to be who I am now. I got sober because I knew that I didn't want to date someone who was like stoned off their ass all day, every day. And I know from a universe law of attraction perspective, we attract what we are like, plain and simple. Everyone is our mirror. Some are more accurate than others. Some are are bringing to light darker stuff or stuff that we don't want to look at more than others. But in relationship, it's like, if we're being, if we have self-trust, if we have self-love, if we have strong boundaries, if we have, if we know we can be accountable to ourselves, if we're in integrity with the things that we say and the actions that we take, if we know that we're loyal, like I had to build up all of those things in myself in order to have a shot at a successful relationship and it's still fucking hard, but I at least don't go into relationships like worried that I'm going to cheat on someone. Cause I like literally don't trust myself at all. I've been there. So yeah, now bringing up something for me. Okay. Bring it so, up. Yeah. I, I actually just was like dealing with this. So I really think it's something that, um, is important, especially when you're speaking to like trusting yourself and your like intuition, because a lot of the time, like we've talked about, like being aware of like the things that you do and the way that you are, 
but um, we can be so detached from that and our own emotions and our body. And when you're detached, you will not be able to tap into your intuition. There's just no mm-hmm. possible way because you're detached from like anything that you're feeling physically and you're not honoring your feelings and like embracing your feelings and your emotions that come up for you. You're just like pushing them down a lot of the time. So something that I've noticed once you start doing this kind of work and you do have that deep knowing and that intuition and you can feel it in your body. When I know someone's like not a match for me, my, it's not like a, my mind's like, not like, Oh, this person logically isn't good for you. It's like, no, my body, I literally start to physically get anxiety mm-hmm. when it's someone that I know I'm not meant to be with. It's insane. I was literally, I just got a text from someone last night that I used to talk to and we struggled a lot with boundaries, but he was someone that I learned how to set boundaries with, which mm-hmm. has been always a big struggle for me. So like the fact that I could start learning that was really, that's kind of what I took out of that relationship. Yes. But he texted me and right away, like my body, like my chest started getting tight and I like feel like my heart kind of starting to race a little bit. And I'm like, all he said was high, but it's like, my body knows like, this is not it. Like, this isn't it. This is not serving you. And yeah, it's just really crazy once you start getting in tune with your intuition. Like, I I just cannot, like, tell you how important it is if you can just try to, like, do some embodiment work and get really tapped into, like, how you feel and your gut and your intuition, like, how much it's going to help you mm-hmm. when you do start to get into relationships again and, like, not having to think about things so logically. Yeah. You're aware of the things that come up for you, but it's like, how do you feel around them? Like that's yeah. like what it comes down to. It's not like you don't have to like see if they check all the boxes. If there's like the red flags, it's like, how do you literally feel? How does yes. your nervous, the nervous system thing? How does your nervous system feel around them? I literally had, and I'm going kind of off on a tangent here, but there's another certain situation so for an example, um, where I was literally talking to someone on a dating app and we were like setting up a date to meet each other. And the way he was talking to me through the app, I did not meet this person. Like we didn't talk over the phone. I didn't meet him in person. The way he was like messaging me though, gave me anxiety. Like I literally almost had a straight up like panic attack because he was like definitely triggering something from like my past and certain like people that I've been with. He must be like on like the same like energetic level as them. I don't know. But it was like, my body was like, absolutely not. You've been here. You've done this. It doesn't work for you. You can't. So I literally canceled my date because I I could feel it in my body. So when you can get to that point, you don't even have to think so much about it and like worry so much about like, you know, trying to logically think through things. You can really rely more on your body and like what it tells you and your nervous system tells you. Fuck yes. That was so good. It's the coolest thing. I want people to like experience it though. Like that's why I'm like, you need a coach. You need a coach to help (laughs) you. you. It's like, as long as I've been doing embodiment work, I'm like, do I even fucking know what that is? Yeah, I do. It's like work that gets you into your body, but People, no matter how long cool, we've been complicate doing, things, it doesn't need to be complicated. No, but like we need someone to help us understand how and like yes. what what types of embodiment work do we enjoy? And having someone ask open ended questions and like pull out all of the little nuances that like we would not be able to do for ourselves. 
that is like the power of having support. And that's why we love coaching. That's why I have like a free virtual community. I'm like, at this point, I know abundance is going to come to me because I'm just like creating what I feel passionate about. But like, I don't fucking care at this point. Like, just take my help. (laughs) Yes, we're here to serve. We want to help people because we know what it's like to be on the opposite side of the spectrum Uh of like being in our pain and like dealing with all this stuff and like not knowing what to do. So you like can be on this other side of it on the lighter side of it and like can see what it took to get there Mm -hmm. and help people like especially as empaths like obviously like we're just more drawn to like wanting to help people but if you can like do that and like just serve in any way that you can it's not about the money it's not about like all these certain things I mean obviously if it comes with it and you have that abundance that's a plus Mm -hmm. um, because I think like honestly abundance and like the money is just like energy that you're like putting back out into the world to help other people again like it all just comes around full circle so yeah just like being able to serve people in any way like I know you're super passionate about that too and I'm just starting a book club too and it's free but it's just like I want to start a community of people who want to talk about self-development and self-love like work on themselves and have discussions about it in like an mm-hmm. open setting and just build connection. Like Absolutely. we love that so much with COVID and it's like literally as humans to our core, we need connection, especially going through these really hard, difficult emotions and like healing journeys. And you can't do it alone. I mean, you know, that with sobriety, like, especially you can't do it alone and going through self-love healing, like from toxic relationships, you can't do that shit alone either. Mm, like mm. it is hard and it takes a lot more time and it can feel very lonely and isolating. And that's the last thing we need as humans. Like we, if you can like lean on other people for support and love and understanding and vulnerability, like it's just going to bring out more of that in yourself too. Mm-hmm. I always say everyone's in recovery from something. Like I say my sobriety journey is my recovery. We all are fucking recovering (laughs) people, pleasers, recovering from religion, recovering from like, you name it. We're all healing. So recovery takes a village. It is a journey that you absolutely need. Like both arms linked up with people and then a row of people on both sides of you. Like you need a fucking crew of people to like, serve all of serve all of the needs that we didn't really have met as kids like even if we had loving parents even if we had support and like I had all of my physical needs met like I believe that almost all kids have gone through similar trauma of just like a way that we didn't know how to verbalize what our needs were and so they weren't met even though our parents did our best and now I've learned through this work that I have different people in my life that can serve and fulfill different parts of my needs. And I think like something to break down about the stereotype of self-love is I've got, I've been guilty of this before that I think that now I need to do it all by myself. Like I need to be super, I need to have a lot of willpower. I need to be super disciplined and put myself first. And I think that's almost um bringing in the toxic like boss ass bitch culture of like 
I don't need no man. I'm going to make my own money, whatever. Independency, I think, is what we're trying to get at as women. Like, I can be independent, especially if we've suffered from codependency. But what I've learned is, like, the more dependent that I am on people that I can actually trust, right? Like, I always say this, but the women will save your ass and the men will slap your ass. Like, you need women in your life. (laughs) That will be there. And and from a yoga perspective, it's like at the end of the day, we all know that like we come into this earth by ourselves and we leave this earth by ourselves. So it's scary to depend on people, especially if we have abandonment issues, because no matter who I lean on, it's like someday they might not be there or someday I might not be here, you know? So it's scary to like form those deep bonds and and rely on a level of emotional security on other people, but we can't fucking do it by ourselves. Like we are codependent beings and there can be like healthy levels of codependency. There's like a difference between having a strong relationship with people who, you know, are consistent and secure and provide the, the needs that you have, they can meet them. And they've shown that through their, their, actions their words however they show up it's like you make me feel safe like you're a person that I you make me feel understood you make me feel seen that is like my base level core criteria of people that I want in my life is like do I feel understood do I feel seen do I feel heard Mm -hmm. and I also feel like in religion or like in I don't know more of like yeah. In religion, there's this prayer that's like, I should seek to understand instead of be understood. And I think there's this balance of like, yes, I'm here to understand people. My voice isn't always the one that needs to be heard. It needs to be this mutual exchange, but I'm also not going to invalidate the fact that I have a huge need to feel understood. And that's okay. Like it's okay to be selfish and self-love and boundaries and like taking care of our needs and needing people to meet that is not selfish. Yeah, I agree with you. And I will say, I think there is like, there's like this truth behind it though, of like not seeking to be understood because yeah, I think that's like a lot of like what people need and like they, they want that validation, they crave to be understood and to be seen. But if you can like learn to see yourself and understand mm. yourself, you don't need it so much from external sources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels good to obviously be seen. And like, I will never discount that. Like, I love to be listened to. I love to be seen and, and heard in that way. And I think we all do as humans. Like, we want that connection with people. And I think it just builds like deeper relationships. Mm-hmm. But I do think like, if you're able to figure that out within yourself too, it's not like you like need it so much. From other yeah. People. You know what I mean? Yes. It's almost like Like, all these things that we talk about. Nothing's black or white. There's all this like gray area, but that's just kind of like the way I like to think about it. It's like, if you can stem from within, then you don't need it so much from other people and you don't. Yeah. It comes back to that, like energy that you attract. If we can see ourselves, then we're going to attract people naturally that see us and we're not going to. Like, we're not trying to like pull people into our lives and just like, please understand me. And then everyone ends up leaving us. Like we, we are radiating that. And then it's like our core relationship with ourselves is that main 
fundamental like pull that's holding up our self-love foundation and then Mm -hmm. all of the surrounding like support pulls are all of the other people that make us feel seen too because I think like you said it's not black and white like one can't necessarily exist without the other we do if you never had anyone ever validate like what you were doing or what you were creating in the self-love journey it would be like I'm not well but you can do (laughs) it for yourself first and I love that you you made that clear yes I mean obviously we need people in our lives and like we want people that like listen and understand us and validate us and yeah that's super important too but I think a lot of the time people like seek that out first and then try to like figure out how they can validate themselves when it's like no, you need to start with yourself first mm-hmm. and then find the people that also validate you in the way that you need. It's yeah. Backwards. Like the way that society like puts it out there, it's backwards. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like the long-term validation things. Like it's the hard work of sitting with ourselves and doing the unraveling and doing the journaling, exactly. not, not just to perform. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you doing behind closed doors? How are you taking care of yourself? Are you sitting with yourself? Like we might post about that. I did a meditation on Instagram, but like, are you actually sitting with yourself without your phone? Can you meet that anxious version of yourself and actually soothe her? And that's, I think a telltale sign of like that embodiment work and everything that we're talking about. Like you need to meet your needs. You need to see yourself it's so hard to like break down and describe an authentic way of doing that versus an like inauthentic way of doing that because it can look the exact same, but there's like a different feeling behind it. And I'm guilty of doing the other one. Like I'm guilty of checking off my meditation and just like doing it to do it, but I still have the intention there. And I think that's like one thing I want to applaud anyone for even if it is performative is like you're trying your best and their nervous system just might not be fucking ready to actually feel safe within themselves to actually be at peace with peace and I think that's something you brought up in terms of relationships with being codependent and having all of these unhealthy attachment issues is we thrived on the roller coaster. We thrive in chaos. We thrive in procrastination and like just making a mess that we have to clean up because then we I'll can focus on that. that. Yeah. We can focus on that instead of actually just like having a clear path and like the water settled. It's like, what do I fucking do when there's not a storm? And I still struggle with that. Like I will create my own messes. I avoid going to bed. Like I stay up late and then I'm tired the next day. Like whatever the fuck it looks like for you in relationships with yourself or with others, like it took a long time for me to be able to realize to be even okay with the idea that like peace is not boring. And like someone should feel like home. Someone should feel like an exhale when you're around them, especially a significant other type of partner. And I thought that I needed the butterflies. I thought that I needed to be anxious. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a warning sign from our body being like, this isn't safe. It's familiar to us because a lot of us thrived in chaos growing up, but it's, we're meant to feel 
like grounded and safe. And I feel like the fear is that I'm not going to be as productive. I'm not going to be as bubbly. I'm not going to be as motivated. Like who am I without my anxiety? Because my anxiety and like the chaos motivates me to get shit done. But it's like, there can actually be this fluid, calm journey of like natural growth and natural progression throughout the phases of our lives when we stop creating the chaos. And then when we get comfortable enough with ourselves in that process, then we can actually be comfortable when someone in someone who comes in that is safe for our bodies, we don't push it away because we're like, I don't know what to do with that. Like you actually are going to love me. I don't feel worthy of that. Like, nope. And then we get avoidant. Like I can be anxious, but if someone is more like anxious or secure in the way that they love, like they're more emotionally available then I used to get really avoidant and be like, fuck no, I don't want it. I say I want it all day. And then it comes and I'm like, "Mm -mm." so it's really challenging to just sit and stay with ourselves and with other people that make us feel safe and not roller coastery. It is. It's like really scary. No one likes to feel these like tough feelings and have them like come up to the surface and have to deal with it, especially alone. Like I completely understand that and I still deal with it myself personally. Like I'm not a perfect human. I never will be. And I'm totally okay with that. As long as I feel like I can trust myself and like feel authentic to who I am and like show up in that way, then I'm like very secure that, you know, I'm going to have things. And that's kind of, I think what makes us all beautiful too, in our own ways, like the imperfection Mm. behind everything. So I had something come up as you were talking that I like want to speak to too. And I know it's scary to be like alone with yourself, but like the way that society has like normalized all these like distractions in our life, that's like what's pulling us so far away from ourselves and like what we need and detaches us from ourselves. Um, It's just like, I've had to like completely like, not completely mostly cut the cord on like watching Netflix that was like one of my biggest crutches distraction like it's tearing me away from so many things that I'm like so passionate about like my business like I'll just sit there and be like oh no it's fine like I'm just like taking a second to like watch a show and like disconnect for a little bit but then it's like no it's not just one show it's always like four episodes and alcohol which I know you've talked about that's a huge distraction for society for me personally I've been like going through this like this little internal battle of like, I don't know, like taking breaks from alcohol and like being sober curious and questioning my relationship with alcohol, because I really don't think it serves me in any way to be completely Mm -hmm. honest. So it's, it's just tougher to completely eliminate it when you're surrounded by it with, you know, social settings. But I think it is a huge distraction. And there was another distraction that I was going to talk about, but I forgot it's just like trying to like eliminate these like little distracting things that are like pulling you away from like letting yourself feel and come home to yourself. They're not serving you. If you can recognize what those are and try to like limit yourself from some of those things, it's only going to make that healing journey like accelerate and Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's like way too big of a, an ask to, to put on ourselves. That's why we're coaches. Like I will forever hype us up because we can help people logically break down 
all the things that they want. It's like, yes, you can get to this place of self-love, but it's like, I can't tell you how to do it in a reel or even a podcast episode. Like this is going to take some work and things come up even like with my client recently. Um, we focus on one thing and then I feel like the next week she's going to come back and she's going to be like, yeah, I did this thing. And then sometimes I get scared as a coach. I'm like, well, now what are we going to work on? But that's not how life works. Like people always have some shit to bring up in a session. And like you said, eliminating all of those little distractions, the list goes on relationships, clothes, food, Netflix, social media, everything's a distraction everything is but it's like what are your vices pay attention to the things that you really are drawn to and try to like limit yourself on some of those things Mm -hmm. you said something else that and now I'm blanking but keep going with what you were saying there's something else that I was going to pull from that I'm sure it'll come back to me I really struggle with like a restrictive mindset and so whenever someone tells me to like limit something my inner rebel is like fuck no. So (laughs) what I've learned is like when we add in habits and like set goals with our clients, then they're, they don't feel alone. And like, there isn't this like inner battle of like, do I have enough willpower? What goal do I set first? It's like, you know, that your coach is going to come back to you next week and be like, so how did it go? Like, what were the challenges? Did you succeed? And like, why? And without judgment, it's literally just like, a space that radiates honesty for you. When, when we struggle with being honest with ourselves, it's like a safe container to actually get some traction and get moving on the things that you've wanted to do or the version of yourself that you've wanted to be for so fucking long. It's like, it literally starts with a small goal of like one of my clients was 30 minutes of movement three to four times a week. Something like that, even holding ourselves accountable to that seems like a big fucking ask. But then when you have literally one goal that you set with a coach and then, you know, they're going to check in and be like, so how did it go? And then we'll build on that. Like it, it just creates, it's such a catalyst for growth and there's not so much of a mess or so much back and forth. It actually gives people the room to like, step into who they wanted to be like we cannot do everything by ourselves some people might have more discipline and are like if I want to do xyz I'm gonna do it but that has not been my reality (laughs) and yeah I mean there's a couple of things that are coming to mind here it's like when I do give my coaches to like little or not my coaches sorry my clients little things to work on the last thing I want them to feel is guilt for not doing it Because it's like the whole thing we're trying to work on here is like you trying to like not be a people pleaser, not be guilty Mm -hmm. or like not have guilt, not have shame. Like, so the last thing I'm going to do as a coach, like, is I don't want to like give you feelings of guilt because you didn't complete something. You're like, oh shit. Like now I have to go tell Elena that I didn't meditate or I didn't work out. Like, absolutely not. Like these little tiny habits are like there to help you on your journey. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get them done that's okay. The last thing, like we need to learn how to have grace with ourselves and like self-compassion. And like, those are the things. So like, I totally understand, like not completely restricting yourself because when you do, because it's bound to happen that you like do end up doing something that you weren't supposed to do, or you like forget to do something that you were supposed to do. 
we don't want to have guilt around that. So I'm very careful with like the things that I have eliminated from my own life personally. And I have allowed myself to watch Netflix again, or like I have drank like here and there. And it's like, I'm not going to feel guilt about it because in that moment it felt right for me. And I'll never do that to myself. I'm my best not to guilt myself when I'm doing those things. Um, But it's more so, I think just like remembering why you're doing something and why you might be cutting back on something. That's like what it comes down to. Like I, trust me, I've been like wanting to cut out Netflix, cut out alcohol for like years. This is not like an overnight thing for me at all. And I just have really gotten super honed down on like why I'm doing it and like why it matters so much to me to be with myself and to focus on other things that are really that really bring me joy and really light me up instead of these other things that distract me. But also at the same time, again, nothing's black and white, like having that grace and self-compassion. If I dabble with those yeah. other things again, it's, it's okay. Like I'm a human. As long as I just keep coming back to like, why I don't want to do those things or why those things aren't serving me. That's yep. it. Yes. The why and the intention and the energy behind it is everything because I've gotten caught on the other side of being so obsessed with self-development that I, (laughs) I, and I have such ADHD brain that it's hard for me to focus on a Netflix show. Like it's already so distracting enough. I get like sucked in for like I'll watch a whole like season in like one sitting (laughs) my brain is so wired for quick hits of dopamine and I'm still healing I'll probably forever be healing that but like I would be like on TikTok and then on Netflix and then I'm like what am I fucking doing like I could not be getting any more stimulation (laughs) right now and then I got so wrapped up in like the self-love self-development journey that I and like spirituality that I started watching Gaia, which is a spiritual Netflix, basically, and watching videos about aliens and empaths and oh gosh, you're telling me that there's something spiritual like Netflix out there because that is like everything. Oh God, it's everything I unreal. Want. Oh gosh, you might need it, but oh, it's dangerous. <laughs> it, and so it it is beneficial. Like I learned so much, but then I went to a girl who does like Reiki and tarot readings. And she asked me, are you doing anything to not develop spiritually? Like that became my obsession then. And she, my homework was to watch some trash TV that had no point or purpose of like getting some sort of education. And so we can fall on both ends of that spectrum. The question is like what I would say for any listeners out there or a tangible goal that I might give one of my clients is like, write down a list of activities when you're actually sitting with yourself. Like there is like a wiser version of us that comes out when we journal versus when we're just like, I want to do this, 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 like when you take a moment, yes. When you take a moment to sit and write down who do you want to be and what would she be doing with her free time, depending on how you're feeling? It doesn't always have to be this like, oh, well, I should read more. So I'm going to read books or whatever. Like, oh, if you have that mindset, you will not be doing anything. No, you have to want to do it like and enjoy it. Otherwise, it's just it's not going to happen. Yep. And then like from that list, 
notice what like gets you excited or makes you realize like okay I I still do want to watch Netflix and numb out but like I know that this is something that I could like actually do to break up that cycle of numbing out and detaching from my body that I'm in Mm -hmm. and that can really help start to slowly shift who we are into the version of ourselves that we want to be. It's never going to be perfect. I'll cut out coffee one week. It'll come back the next week. I'll not be watching Netflix one week. It'll come back. Like these things always come back around just like codependent relationship tendencies do like these patterns, these habits, these ways that we've learned as kids, as like in our inner child to protect ourselves, they will still come up, but like they come up less and we know what to do when they come up. And like, I love that you mentioned how disconnected you feel from yourself when we're tapped into all these things, because the last time I took a social media hiatus, my therapist told me this was like what sold the deal for me. She said, the more connected you are to these like short-term dopamine hit filler, void filler type of things, the less connected you are to your inner child. And we were doing inner child work, but I couldn't like get into it because I was still so distracted. And, and like, once I removed all of that stuff, I had to fill it with other things. I had to fill it with books. I had to fill it with like podcasts, but like, I also had to allow myself that uncomfortable stillness time that I didn't want to do. But once you get over that initial hump of anxiety, it feels so fucking good to be with ourselves and no one can meet our needs and make us feel seen the way that we can to ourselves, whether it's a hand on our heart from ourselves or like sometimes I literally stare at myself in the mirror when I feel like I've been disconnected and I'm like, I see you, bitch. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. That is so good. Yes, I do that too. But like, <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to go in my mirror and be like, I see you, bitch. <laughs> I, I see you. you. I know you're in there. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I mean, I ditto to everything that you're saying. I completely agree with um, all of the things that, you know, everything's, like I said, just not black or white, like it's all a gray area, but just coming back to yourself there's like there's nothing like it coming home to yourself and just trying to not allow these other things to pull us away from like what really matters which is like honoring ourselves and taking care of ourselves mm-hmm. in our lives yeah. absolutely yeah. I want to ask one more question. I feel like we didn't get to dive fully into the people pleasing um first I just want to I want to wrap it up with like a juicy story that's like getting into the tea quick. So I still struggle with people pleaser tendencies in, in my relationship too. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm guilty of is I think we talked about this at the in-person hangout is saying yes to things, to answers of like, Oh, do you know who this artist is? Or like, (laughs) did did you like have so-and-so? I don't even know. Like random questions that like, I should just be able to be like, no, I don't know who that is. I'm so wired because of my childhood trauma and like the way that my sisters and I, our relationship was, I wanted to fit in that. Like I'll say yes to things before I even have the conscious moment to like decide what my answer is. 
one layer of that is like, I feel the need to respond so fucking quick instead of like, take a pause for myself. And then the second layer is like, I'm lying. So me and the mans were getting into it the other night. And I said, like, I'm, I'm almost there, whatever. And then it just like plateaued and I didn't, I didn't orgasm. And then I just like pulled him up and was like, all right, I'm like, get up here. We need to whatever. So then he finishes and we lay down and he's like, well, did you at least orgasm? And I say, yes. And I wasn't a full fake. Oh, I wasn't like, Oh my God. Like I didn't fully fake it, but like I fucking lied about it. And then I told Abby, one of our friends from the virtual hangouts. And she was like, well, you know, it might be helpful to talk to him about this. And I'm like, Oh no. Having to go back on it now, though, I uh... I have to just tell him like the fucking tea. I have struggled with the people pleaser tendencies for so long, and I want to make you feel. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I want to make oh, you feel like whatever. So then I compromise my honesty, or before I even have the ability to choose, like it's so automatically wired in me. And this is something I'm trying to break. So I just needed to tell you most of the time you do get me off. Don't think that I'm like lying every time I orgasm, but like I lied and I'm like, what the fuck? Like what in the people pleaser hell? (laughs) How have you what ways have you caught yourself in people pleaser tendencies and like how have you gotten out of that and then we'll wrap up oh my gosh so I was literally just talking to one of my friends about this and it's like crazy because she does she couldn't wrap her brain around like my people pleasing tendencies because she is just so the complete Mm -hmm. opposite like she just has always honored her needs and like she's not a people pleaser at all. So I was trying to explain to her like what it's like in my head when I'm like trying to set boundaries, for example, because that's a big topic around people pleasing. Like it's learning how to set boundaries. And um, I explained it to her this way, which is like back in the day, like in like my college days, it was like, I people please, and this is kind of deep, but like I people please and like in a way where it's like, if I went home with someone, it was like, oh, like we're going to have sex because that's like what they expect from me. This is all on my head. They didn't like specifically say this, but it's like, oh, okay. That's what they're expecting from me. So that's going to happen. And then it's like setting a boundary for me was, okay, I'm going to go home with someone, but I'm not going to have sex with them. Like, we're just going to like make out and like, that's going to be fine. Okay. So that was a boundary for me. It's a mini boundary, but it, it, it worked for me. Mm-hmm. And then the next boundary was like, okay, like I'm going to like have a good time with this person, but I don't feel like I need to go home with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, or it's like letting this person like sleep over, but they're not going to sleep in my bed. That was like a boundary. Mm-hmm. And then it's like pushing back from that. So it's like almost, you have to do these like little bite-sized things of like setting boundaries so that you aren't just like feeling like you need to people please and like these mm-hmm. little crazy ways. like these are all ways that I made up in my head too that I feel like I need to serve them in a way but and then it's like setting a boundary of like okay we can like go out to dinner but like you're not gonna come to my place that's like a boundary that I'm setting mm-hmm. so it's like 
I think when we think about people pleasing and boundaries, it can be like so overwhelming. It's like, how do I stop doing these things? And like, how do I set boundaries? And it's not like, okay, I'm not going to tell you one day that you're going to go home with someone and have sex with them the next day. You're just going to have dinner and like not let them come over. That's like not realistic. I'm just being straight up. It's not realistic, especially when you have like this ingrained these habits in you that like that's just the norm for you Mm -hmm. that's just the norm so it's like how can you like little by little set these mini boundaries where you can feel good about yourself and trust yourself that you committed to yourself in that tiny way yes building on that and if you go back and like self-sabotage a little bit that's okay that happened because you're relearning some really hard shit people Mm -hmm. pleasing is like not an easy thing to get out of especially when it's so ingrained and like especially in this like passive aggressive minnesota culture that we have it's so ingrained in you so um just trying these like little itty bitty ways of like setting boundaries that feel good to you Mm -hmm. and that help you like learn to trust yourself are just going to kind of get you out of this like people pleasing yeah whole I feel like the root of the whole is it's how we avoiding and abandoning ourselves is how we learned to receive love as kids. So relearning that it's okay to set boundaries for myself and I'm still going to receive love and I'm not going to abandon myself when I do that. Like people might still leave me if I set a hard enough boundary most of the time that doesn't, it doesn't happen in the way that our heads make up. Like if I say this, if I set this boundary, this person's just going to like, not like me. I don't know. We fabricate these like huge fears in our head that feel so real. And so I love that you brought up going home and sleeping with guys because I know every fucking girl who listens to this is going to relate to that. And the fact of the matter is if you're still doing that, it's because you don't love yourself. Like we are giving ourselves to other people in that way to try to fill this like gaping hole that we feel. And again, it's not black or white. You still might do it. You still might go back and like fuck a dude on the first night. I did that. I hadn't had sex for over a year. And then I fucked the guy that I'm seeing now second night sober like there's there's exceptions there's exceptions to all of these things like Uh some people maybe they just literally want to hook up with someone and they're just like that's okay yeah but it's like you have to recognize like why am I doing this Mm -hmm. like what is like what is this doing for me like is it what does it feel like yeah I was like are you waking up the next day feeling shitty about yourself like are you literally that ache, that shameful ache that you're like, fuck, why did I do this? I wake up and I'm like, who am I next to? What is happening? Usually when I was blacked out, it's like, I, that type of shit was honestly sleeping with a dude that I didn't fucking remember was like one of my biggest rock bottoms to like wanting to get sober. It's like those huge ways that we reject ourselves and completely go against what our soul is saying we want and what we need to to feel safe like when we feel like we violated ourselves so much it's like that is when my self-love journey started yeah and 
like my friend even like said this to me when I was having a conversation with her about like not being able to set boundaries with a guy and like hooking up with someone and blah 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 she's like you're self-harming yourself I don't know if you realize that but the way she said it was like holy shit like that is a major truth bomb like (laughs) like I'm literally abandoning myself so much in that scenario that it's like basically Mm self-harm which is like absolutely like insane that we like even do that to ourselves yeah to make other people feel comfortable yeah or to avoid a moment of discomfort for ourselves but it's like in the long term it's way more uncomfortable and like when I yeah when I'm setting boundaries now this is something that is like still very challenging for me like I'm not gonna lie to you um Mm -hmm. but I have made very big like changes especially in the last like six months I've gotten way better with boundaries and like the I think like just like a nice black or white way even though we said like nothing's black or white something Mm -hmm. that just like helps me when I'm in those moments where I'm like okay I feel like I need to set a boundary here this doesn't feel very good for me Mm -hmm. it's like if I do this thing for this person right now that they want, I have to remind myself, like I am abandoning myself right now. Mm-hmm. If I do this. And like, maybe right now, temporarily, it's easier to just say yes. It's easier to just tell them, okay, sure, whatever. But tomorrow, how am I going to feel? I have to deal with those I'm consequences. Gonna shitty and I'm going to be alone dealing with those things. So why would I do that to myself? Mm-hmm. So it's just like coming back to yourself and being, okay, if I, is this boundary helping me like not abandon myself basically? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, yes, boundaries do help with that. So that'll Honestly, be at this like, point, I would rather, <laughs> I'd rather be rigid as fuck in my boundaries. Like I always respect people who are just like, no, I'm like, impressive what? it's hard to get there though yeah like, like these little ways like where you were saying like with your story like you even felt like you had to say yes because that's like so normalized in society to like have to say yes that you like finished when you didn't mm-hmm. finish. that is one thing I will say yes like maybe I'll have I would have sex with guys like when I probably like shouldn't have or like I didn't really like fully want to in the moment uh-huh. but I would never fucking tell that that I finished because I didn't. That was one thing that's like, okay, so like everyone has like their little things that they do. So, you know, like I people pleased in one way and I didn't in another. Yes. Every single person, you know. And that's a bite size. You still <laughs> fucked him, but like I ain't gonna lie that I finished. That's like uh-huh. you uh-huh. don't that. <laughs> or even just like people who are still faking orgasms the next time, just like what if you didn't fake it? That's like really hard to get over if someone's like been in that habit, especially if you're in a relationship with someone. Or if you're like married even. I've heard people like in marriages still lie about it. And it just like breaks my heart that Mm -hmm. I'm like, don't you want that? Like, don't you want to actually feel that and like let your like partner know how to get you there? Yeah. If they think that that works, they're just going to keep doing that. Nothing's going to change. But yeah, that's a whole nother like can of worms. We don't Next to time, yeah, <laughs> you'll be back for sure. Yay! Is Thank there you one so much for having me? Is there so one fun. other little tidbit that you want to share with the babes, the angels, the angels? I honestly just loved being a part of this and like loved being able to share and. I also think it's just like finding, we've talked about this a little bit already, but it's like 
you already have built this like wonderful community of people and women that have come together and so it's like just I just want to send out a reminder that it's like you do not need to do your journey alone like honestly you're not gonna get where you want to get alone anyways like and why why do you want to be alone no one wants to be alone like let's be real a lot of us have like codependency like that's the last thing we want to do is be alone and feel abandoned and feel rejected so like lean on people find people that are like-minded that you can surround yourself with like that's like most important thing when you're doing any sort of transformation any sort of healing or recovery is like your support system Mm -hmm. the people you're surrounding yourself with on a regular basis and whether that is like your friends a coach a therapist uh, a mentor anyone that you can like have in your corner when you're going through these things is only going to help you accelerate in your self-love and your growth so that's the one thing I cannot stress enough yeah it's called self-love and you're like mm-hmm. building this relationship this better relationship with yourself but it's it's never alone you mm-hmm. have to do it with a community and with other people that really support you and bring you up so I just want to put that reminder out there that it's amazing that you've created a community like that of people that can come together and if you want to be a part of that community, definitely do it. Like Vanessa's created something amazing. But, like find your people. There's so mm-hmm. many other communities and ways to get involved with different things. And I think that's just like a very common thread that comes up for the clients that I work with specifically. It's like feeling super alone because you're losing a lot of the people in your life that weren't serving you. Yep. Through these growth periods, it's like people that like were toxic and like brought you down and like don't make you feel empowered and like like why would you do that? Why would you want to do this? It's like why aren't you supporting me? Like don't you love me? Don't you care about me? So that can feel very isolating and scary and sad and disheartening. So it's like mm-hmm. find people that can bring you up. And that's easier said than done, but if you can at least start with one person. That's yep. All you need is one person. literally send a dm like i've had people just one of us reach out i've had random dms like i know you're probably gonna think this is weird but i saw this or heard this and like i just wanted to say whatever i there's nothing that i feel happier about when someone asks for help asking for help being vulnerable leaning on other people is actually the strongest most badass thing that we can do yeah, like flip everything that you've learned on your head about like keeping a tough armor and like not exposing your faults and and faking it till you make it. Like flip that shit on its head and realize that like support is being able to ask for help is literally like the most badass strong thing that you um, can do. Yes, a hundred percent. I feel like we've been like told to just like figure it out ourselves. Like you can do it alone. Like you know just you've got it all within you. Yeah. Like we say all these mm. things, but it's like, yes. And you need a support system at the same time that mm. helps like empower you and keeps you on that track and keeps you focused and motivated on what you really care about. So yeah. So I, I good. Yay. Thank Thanks you so much for, for your wisdom. Me. I love you. I love you. We have to do this again sometime. Oh, no doubt. Yay. How fucking good was that episode? I listening back even and editing it was just mind blown. So many beautiful lessons and takeaways. 
If you liked it, give me a little five-star review on Spotify. Share the episode with your friends on social media. And come to our virtual hangout on Sundays, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you want to join, DM me or fill out the Google Forms in my TikTok bio. Okay, love you. Talk next week. Bye.